Thanks for listening to the Pro Video Podcast. Weekly insights into everything video. Proudly presented by worldpodcast.com. Here's the host, Blair Walker. Hi everybody and welcome to the Pro Video Podcast. This week we've got Michael Frogley. He's a motion director from Dave Clark Design. Thank you so much for being in the studio today. Thank you, Blair. So Mike, why don't you explain to everybody what your role is and the company that you're working for currently? Well, Dave Clark Design is a, originally a branding agency. Their main client uh, 10 years ago was ANZ, and from there they've grown and evolved, and a lot of their clients uh, stem from that financial. We've got lots of different clients that uh, are attracted to the style of work that we do. We're very good at uh, working with those financial institutions. Being a brand design, quite different from, say, a normal advertising agency that might be creating creative work. A brand design is really focused on something quite different, but still delivering similar lines of um, advertising and content too. There's a bit of crossover. I'm going to use ANZ as an example because it's one of those brands which is in everyone's minds when it comes to New Zealand. You, you can't come into the country without seeing something from ANZ. Yeah. So it's a good example for people to visualize. ANZ have the different um, agencies that they use. Dave Clark, we're, we're the brand guardians. So any, any work that... Um, is going out to any platform, social media, TV, to print work, to a stadium, to sponsorship, whatever. We set out those guidelines that they can then use. When I was freelancing, I was doing some freelance work with you as well. And what is really, really amazing about a company like Dave Clark is the number of designers and that language that Mm. is used and the appreciation, which is a real strong focus for the company. We've got some really, really talented designers. Um, We've got offices in uh, Auckland, uh, Wellington, Melbourne, Sydney, and Singapore. And with that, there come uh, a background of design, ways of working from different different, um, areas of the country and different areas of the the world. And um, we're multicultural as well. So there's British people, there's uh, South Africans, there's Australians and Kiwis and um, people from Singapore and well, all around the world and we've all got our own little ways we like to design and think about things and so it, it creates this really really rich design tool that we can use that comes across in our work so we, we, we can tackle different projects and use different people to tackle different projects yeah quite a unique um, offering having studios in New Zealand Australia Singapore um, covering a large portion of the day as well. Mm. You, you're almost getting that um, that global clock where people are available working on work all, all the time. Um, how is the communication working between the offices? Like, how do you find that? Terrible. No, it's really, <laughs> that's really good. I, I don't want to repeat what other people have said in previous podcasts, but we, we do use Slack. Yeah. Um, we have different channels on Slack. We have a design channel, we have a general channel, and we have um, office-based channels. So... If um, if we have a project that uh, we want some collaboration, or we wanted to share something that we've recently done, um, then we just yeah we just post it off on those different channels on Slack. We also have the you know the, the email that we emails that we can use for different groups. Um, but Slack is be- becoming the more uh, common method of communication. I would say for uh, chit chat, you know the. The hey Blair, what do you think of this? Or and emails the more official. Here's a project. This is uh, for review. Please send that to the client or an official announcement to the rest of the staff. That's a bit more um, needs a bit more gravitas. So 
um, different methods of communication for different um, different communications, and that helps us uh, communicate as a, a wider company with different offices. Yeah, it's always an interesting one trying to trawl through an th- email thread versus a Slack channel. Mm. It's a lot easier to see. Um, the visual imagery or the reference in a Slack channel Mm. uh, versus like, oh, am I missing an attachment? (laughs) Am I missing part of the piece? Yeah, I think all of us have done that. (laughs) There's an attachment buried somewhere. Oh, I sent it to you. Oh, oh, there it is. Yes, I did. (laughs) Teams become less fixed even. People aren't always at a desktop computer. They might be attending client meetings more constantly. So people being able to really quickly use these tools to see where a project's at. Mm. Um, think back to so many past years we had to get somebody into a suite mm. to review the work. We mm. now it, oh, it can be done anywhere now. Yeah, yeah. I've I've even communicated on the on the flights over to Melbourne, and then there there's me on Slack, or whatever, and uh, I've emailed updates or changed to projects on the flight over, updated it. And then communicated on Slack saying project's done, and they said, "Oh, aren't you on? Aren't you in the air?" Said, well, yeah, but I can do this online. <laughs> and they're like, "Wow, that's incredible!" So yeah, you can, the, these tools just make it um, effortless for communication and keeping in touch and updating projects and everything. So um, your workflow internally with the team. Do you think that there's still um, a way that you need to engage with clients, the way that you show work and move through those steps? Are they a little bit more structured than a free-flowing informational stream? It does depend on who the client is. I mean, I just use it, you know, ANZ before because everyone knows in this country, everyone knows who ANZ ANZ are, but other clients... Sometimes we'll we'll go to them and talk through a project and really understand what the subject matter is and help. Um, they will then help us really understand the subject matter and we'll design together and um, work more face to face. Yeah, ANZ we we've been doing it for so long that we don't need to do that. We understand the style. Well, they understand the style. We understand the style. We understand the subjects um, really really well. So when when the client gives us a project, we write a script, we craft that script, we then write, um, we, sorry, we design a storyboard to that script. We then present the, the storyboard to the client. And then once they've seen that, they can see the two together. They say, oh, you know, can we just change those visuals a little bit? And then, um, then basically it's just straight into animation or, or design or, it, it could, you know, which, because we have such a good understanding of the subject matter, it, we almost cut straight to the end product um, without a lot of um, toing and froing in the, in, during that process. Yeah, if if you do have a new client coming on board, there is a lot of time getting up to speed and understanding um, their place in the market, mm. their point of view. Um, I think that a lot of brands are more about. Um, what they mean to people as well these days, mm. um, rather than just products. Yeah, so, yeah, we recently had Datacom as a uh, client, and that took a bit of going back and forth to find, trying to find a, a, a good workflow, um, helping understand the the subjects, where they're coming from, what sort of style would work best. Um, there was a lot of you know back and forth for that, those, those projects, but. ANZ because we've streamlined that workflow and, and they 
they understand um, they they have an expectation of what what they're going to get, and pretty much every time we we hit that expectation or, or better it, and so we're it, yeah different different clients different workflows. Awesome. When I was freelancing um, recently, I worked for a number of advertising agencies, the traditional model. Also, um, motion design studios, but there were a couple of design studios. But Dave Clark was l- the only brand studio that I'd really worked for. And I'm thinking there becomes more of a focus as you drill down from a broader studio sort of type that looks after m- <coughs> so many different areas to a brand studio. How do you think the studio has developed? Because, you know, 20 years ago, motion wasn't a part, or, you know, offering video wasn't something that a design studio would be offering. And now it's um, it's really essential to have that offering for your clients. How, how do you think that that um, development has happened? Has it been an organic one, or has it been a really... I think so. I mean, I, I started there just over four years ago now and there was already a motion department there there's two guys working with the help of freelance so there's three three people um i I, what we have done now is is moved into more um software development app development um website development um ui yeah yeah we've we've done that before because we do go money yeah um which is an anz um, banking app um, yeah, I, th- I think where, they, where there's a need, they'll grow. We can do that. We've got a, the Dave Clark's services offering is, is design, and that's their that's their key service. And whatever their client requires, well, so we'll, is it is it based around design? In which case, we'll we'll deliver that. We can do that for you. Um, and so it's just a case of well, if, if we need that extra tool, we'll we'll seek the resources, the people, and we'll we'll work together and do that. So, like if you have um, an app developer, well, they can't just write apps, or they need some sort of design. They need a, a framework. So it's just it's just a I guess I hate the word organic, but it is an organic process where you you just add as and when you need those extra tools into your toolkit and, and grow that company to service your clients' requirements. And Motion is one of those. When I was working with you, I was one of the number of freelancers. So you've now got somebody who's supporting you as a full-time employee. Mm-hmm. How have you found working with uh, freelancers versus having somebody full-time now? It, it must be quite a tricky thing to find the talent in the freelance pool and keep up with them and but also juggling when you need people as well finding the right talent is key i think anyone who runs a company or or, or, a, or a team would know this is that skill sets is one thing personality the type um how they work is is something else it's very very difficult to find the right talent it was my chance because i was still new to the country my chance to work with different people get to know the community get to know the freelance community and find out people's strengths and weaknesses and now I've got a team of people who are really really good to work with we work really really well as a team I have a full member of staff he's a junior he, he did um, iOS development he's now switched over to animation his, his animation is incredible 
he's only been doing it for a few months and so I'm finding these little gems and I'm like wow this this guy's really good for this but then I've got other people who are freelancing thinking oh, I don't want to lose them I love that freelance community and the, the pool of freelancers and I can it's almost um, I'd love to have them full time but then I I know there's also the attraction of let them go off go and work for someone else for a couple of weeks a couple of months come back and I've got a, the same person but with a different outlook yeah so my, like fresh you know you know when you work somewhere for a while and now and again you get tied up in all the politics and you yeah. don't with freelancers you've got that opportunity to go off and get out of it and free yourself up free your mind up and then come back and you're a a little bit like a holiday you're a bit more refreshed yeah. I kind of like that and it gives I've now got a really good team who we're not um, we're not tied up there's no constraints as such I mean I'm full time um, but I like the attraction of that freelance opportunity to go off and try something new work with other people learn different skills and then you can come back and then you can share those skills with other people that's I like I like that model yeah, I think that currently there's so many different places who need editors, colorists, motion designers, that you can work for such a variety of different um, places who mm. are doing things in their own way, um, their own approach, and everybody's trying to mix it up a little bit, mm. that quite quickly, you know, over the space of a few months, you can ex- be exposed to quite a variety. And you I think it's quite a healthy way of working. Yeah. Yeah. I think um usually you're you're coming in to execute our project as well. Mm-hmm. So you you're needed to get it out as fast as you can at the best level that you can. So um what I found was that I was being exposed to so many different companies and um you know everybody has their strengths and their skill sets that they're really honed, especially mm. when they're working on their little corner of the universe when it comes to a client or a, to a particular type of project structure so yeah you really do get exposed to people who have really crafted and come to the top of their game in specific areas mm. which is amazing i think in the past i think people have become they, they have been a bit nervous about freelancers thinking oh they're going to come into the company they're going to do a couple of weeks and i don't really care about the work because they're just here just to do the day and then clear off somewhere else and I don't feel that's the same experience as I'm experienced it's not the same experience as what, I, what I've experienced um, I'm working with people who have been there for a, like I was just saying to you Stu's been there for a year and Jörg was there for a year um, they do care about what they do mm. they, they know about how we work and about the clients and the history so they, they, they're almost like full time employees but with that freedom to go elsewhere and change it up a little bit and then come back so uh, I think it's a for me it's a good way of working and cost wise I think you know you could argue that the you know salary be less than what a freelancer is but then it works out that actually you don't need a that that member of staff there all year yeah so you can release them for a couple of months and then actually that saves you money so you're not having staff sitting around not doing anything so it's, it's that you, we can scale up and scale down where, as and when needed. It's really good. Yeah, that's awesome. 
and you've you're not from New Zealand yourself. How can, long have you, you been? Can you tell? <laughs> a little bit of an accent still. <clears throat> so you're originally from um, England. I am. So how long have you been in New Zealand? And uh, let's talk a little bit about your background coming from the UK. Uh, six and a half years I've now been in the country. It's, um, I go by the age of my daughter. She's <laughs> She was three months when we arrived. Um, and she's the reason why I'm here. Um, and I don't want to get all... Um, emotional about family but I'm I was in London before I was in London for 13 years and I met my now wife Nicola and without getting too philosophical about everything um, I like to change things up but I, I thought when I'm when I'm older 70 80 you know whatever age we're going to be when we're retired I thought I want to look back on life with a with a bit of flavour. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be in the same position or same job, same city, my whole life. So when I met Nicola in London, she was there. She was a teacher, um, and we moved into the same. I moved into this house, shared house, and she was one of the housemates. And then yeah, we got together, and then a year later, we got I think a year and a half later, we got married. I said, Nicola. Where, do you, where are you? I knew, I knew then when she was where she was from, but she said, "What do you want to do? Do you want to stay in London or do you want to go to Australia? It's where her family are living." Right. She's originally from New Zealand, born in Invercargill. Oh, really? And I thought well, this is a perfect opportunity to try something new, and I thought, well, why don't we go to Auckland? Like for me, it's it's a similar sized country to England. It's similar climate it's not too hot like Australia it's not too cold so it's, it's kind of the same let's just give it a go so we moved to Auckland but um, going back I I grew up in, on the south coast of England I love the sea I sail I'm a sailor um, I moved to London to study at uh, Ravensbourne College and then I graduated and my first job was at B Sky B in London and I thought I really want to I want to. I want to get a job where to see the big boys. You know how they work, how it's really done. Not a small studio. Now I want to go and work for you know the people who do things professionally. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then take that experience and move to a small agency. That was my plan when I graduated. Yeah. Um, let's just go and see how dad does it and then I can take it to my brothers and show them hey guys this is how you do it that kind of thing so I worked for B Sky B and worked for Sky News and it was awesome I mean looking at it in in um, looking back at my experience there it was so um, useful you had in the space of an hour yeah maybe 20 minutes a brief comes through the door you do a piece of work and it goes out on air and then over the next hour you craft that you craft it you craft it so I learnt and I'm trying to think off the top of my head like how how can I explain this but I learnt in the space of a few months to not get too tied up in the detail Mm -hmm. it's just about getting information out so a bomb's gone off in you know the Middle East somewhere. You do a map, and then you do bullet points of what's happened, 
and then you do more of an explainer to say what's happened but every single time you send out some information it it's self-contained it doesn't need anything else oh that doesn't look like it's finished it is finished and the viewer on the other on the other end the audience will see a bit of information and say oh yeah i get it and yeah. so i learned not to get it's all about delivering something and then crafting it and then crafting it and crafting it and i think that's one of the most important things i learned is to get something out that makes sense and then if there's time if there's budget then you polish it yeah it's very interesting because i started out um my first job was at tvnz and i worked for the news department as well yeah so i remember the same thing and um it's it's that it's that old adage of um <coughs> they gave a pottery class half of them they said you've got a year to make one mm. piece of work the other half they're like well you just have to make as many pieces as you can that that half of the class will always get to a better finish faster mm. by just doing the work constantly so it's, it's really yeah. good experience it's, it's really good experience and it's a good start to the a, a career yeah you also going out to the floor because it isn't is a live studio live environment yep. and there's cameras everywhere and there were um, reporters everywhere you got to see a project right from the start to the finish in one day, several times a day. Every news hour, you got to see um, all the, everyone come together, have a meeting. These are the news items that we're going to go through, um, excluding breaking news and like, um, those stories. But you have that meeting, then you go through, and they craft the stories. They go out, they go out and film different pieces. They come together, they cut together um, a package, and then that goes out on air. And your graphics are part of that package. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, you have a debrief and say, this is what happened. So every single day, several times a day, you have a whole project summed up and it's gone out on air. And then you can go and watch it out, watch it happen in the studio. Yeah. And I was like, this is exciting. This is so cool. This is like being on a film set, but in a really, in a much more timeline, scaled down yeah. film set. So that was really good. And then I was, um, so that that was for several years and then my credit director put me on a rebrand we rebranded the whole channel twice so a massive time. a massive long form project that's <laughs> going to be longer than a day that was a long form <laughs> project so i had the i had the um i had the experience of very quick turnaround graphics and then a long format project which you know i think we were on there for a, a year doing a whole rebrand in a year yeah so that was really interesting as well and then because that, that brand is really the safety net for all the work that follows. Mm. That it can fit into that brand so that you can turn everything around really quickly yeah. because it fits within the look. Yeah, we did, we did these um, presentation packs and everything. We, I think we started off with a, an ident and then everything rolled out to the, the lower third and how that yeah. lower third looked on screen. And that, that really, the lower third is what your channel looks like. That's what, that's what you're seeing most yeah, of the so time. Brand that, and that's it, it. Was a really interesting project. Really interesting project. But anyway, fast forward a couple of years, I got to the end of that project. We released the re rebrand. We did, and then my credit director was saying to me, she said, "You should really go and work in games because I think that's going to give you the the games is where it's at. Yeah, uh, and you should really go and expose yourself to." Uh, the gaming industry and how that works and how motion graphics fits into that and so it's really weird we we finished this 
finished the rebrand and two weeks later I was just googling jobs and this job came up for PlayStation I was like this is this is weird so I applied for it and got the job and started there and I was working on uh, mainly on a game called SingStar yep. and that was incredible I was there for five and a half years and we we did all sorts of projects filming projects we did uh, UI graphics game UI graphics we did uh, working with programmers um music videos all sorts it was um but again taking my experience from my time at sky i could always make sure i got something done yeah. and out i was quite quick uh and then that's a really key idea though i think sometimes is like that procrastination of the first mm. that first round of work it feels like if you're putting it off it can take forever where if you're actually just sort of busting through mm. trying things not afraid to make mistakes but getting something solid yeah for I think first whip. working in that way you're building on your confidence that you're making the right decisions yeah but you're also working with other people saying oh is that does that does that look alright so and you're funny gut feeling a little bit yeah. and, and relying on them to feed back on yeah. it yeah um, but also you, you do a project you move on you do a project move on and then oh that didn't work let's go back and change it and there's always that fluidity with projects anyway PlayStation five and a half years of working on different projects you know mainly SingStar Um, I remember there's a really good experience um, because we had a each each game I say well SingStar had its own suite of editors because we had so many music videos to edit but also motion graphics guys who did all the idents and the um, some of the UI for the games um, there's also a creative, um, creative department who did service to all the other games. So this is in London. Um, I remember at eleven o'clock at night being called up by the head of the head of the, um, the creative team saying, "What are you doing tomorrow? Can you can you film some music being recorded?" I said, "What, what do you mean?" He said, "Well, you know, like like this orchestra playing. Like we've got this." orchestra playing at Abbey Road they're doing the new score for Motorstorm and the production company have just pulled out so would you be able to film I said sure okay <laughs> so I rang my team teammates I said guys can you help me tomorrow we're going to Abbey Road we're just going to grab a couple of cameras and go and film and they said yeah sure let's do that and it was projects like that which made the experience at Sky um, uh, PlayStation so fun because you just got dumped on this project and it'd be like wow we're gonna go and record at Abbey Road and so they were were, we were there the whole day filming this amazing orchestra Um, all these different um, instruments and different people and uh, choirs and then we cut together with interviews from the composer and the conductor and cut this like behind it is behind the scenes uh, video for Motorstorm about the mu- new music score and then I think you know six months later we had another project the same thing for Killzone and that was just incredible it's just and then you think well I've just been I'm not just a motion designer I'm a guy that creates content and we can do motion graphics, but we can do filming. We can edit together videos. We can, like, the skill sets widened. 
and that was, that was it's just a really exciting experience and that was a I don't know exactly that year but the last 20 years there's been a real um, opportunity for roles not to be pigeonholed mm. where you are a DOP mm. or a designer or editor um, it's really expected of people that their roles are broader now but having gone through it where we come from a time sort of dating ourselves a little bit <laughs> but, but when when we were graduating it was expected that you would look at our role mm. and go into it as a single proposition and I always found that a little bit tricky that I felt like I was wanting to try all these different things mm. it was a little bit frowned upon like well we should be specialising and, and now it's the opposite it's very lucky I and mean, you have to be very top tier to be a specialist I think Maybe I'm wrong, but I think budgets have a lot of thing, a lot of yeah. to do with that. So we've got a small budget. Can you do that? Yeah, I can. Let's just go off and do that. And before it used to be, well, we're going to get someone else in to do that yeah. because you, you know you're not very comfortable doing that. With my role, Dave Clark, it's the same. Where budgets um, warrant an extra member of staff or an extra service, we'll get someone in. Um, I'd rather be, at the, you know, in the role of a DOP than running around with a camera and a microphone and trying to get the delivery from the client or the talent and um, it, it's best to let it, where there's budget let's just make everyone's lives a little bit easier and we'll get the best result but other times it's well can you shoot something you know run and gun in that way you're 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 getting you're still delivering content but in a different way yeah to a budget it is is about delivering something it's like we we don't want to you know, we don't want to have a brief come to us and say, hey, guys, can you do this project? So, oh, what's your budget? Oh, that's a bit rubbish. We can't do anything for that. We want to say, yes, we can. We can do that. We can yeah. work to that budget and we'll still deliver something good. But you know that if you had a massive budget, it's going to be ace. Yeah. But why can't we not deliver something for that budget? We can, but it's just going to be a little bit more unpolished, you know. It's, but we're still delivering that content. And sometimes that works fine. Yeah, totally. I think um, we're creative sol- problem solvers. Yeah. And so there isn't one solution that mm. will work for any And that's project. why we've become multi-talented because we, we're not, um, my job is just a 3D guy and I just do eyelash movements. You know, it, it's, we can do everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I edit stuff and I add sound effects and I do music and I do, can do um, mixing the voiceovers. I mean, some of the but some some of our projects that we do, I get my wife to do the voiceover, and she's recording on on her phone at home, and it makes it into video because the the client hasn't got enough money to pay for a, a professional read, or the, the 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 licensing costs, but we're still making um, a, a a piece of communication for the client that, that they can then um, spread around the, their staff that that um, that does a good job. Yeah. So they, you know, they they're not having to fork out like ten grand, twenty grand, thirty grand. They can do something much, much with a much smaller budget. Yeah, I've done full three D character animation with rigged characters, and I've animated a a piece of text. The thing is that they're very two two very different price points when you get down to it. Two different timelines. And actually, sometimes the communication with the simpler execution mm. is cleaner, clearer, 
and serves its purpose better. Yeah. Not even like whether it should be, um, whether you have a budget of 100,000 versus 5,000. Sometimes it's actually, um, if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail kind of mentality. Yeah. Like actually putting yourself within a creative um, challenge Mm. can, you can get some really rewarding results from that. Yeah. Yeah. So after, sorry, going back through my timeline, but after um, PlayStation, I was there for five and a half years. And I don't know whether I should, yeah, maybe I should say this. I don't know. There was a guy on the team who was the heart and soul of the whole team. And I said to myself, when that guy leaves, when he goes to somewhere else, when he goes somewhere else, I, I think I should look somewhere else. Yeah. And the time came after five and a half years, um, he got pulled onto this new project. This is my chance. So I, after this huge board meeting, meeting, I came down to my desk and it was, it was weird. I Googled jobs. Um, I wanted to go into, I always looked at the finance sector and said, you know what, I, I'm really, I, I love the information and I love making, like a, I think a lot of designers do, like um, financial data or, or data then try and visualize it and trying to um, convey really difficult information to convey visually. And they, they like that challenge. I, I like that challenge. So I, I Googled um, motion jobs in finance and this job came up. And again, it's just like, it's, it's weird that at that time there was just a job there being advertised at the time I was looking and I applied for it. It's for a company called IG, IG Markets over in um, Australia and they've got the head office in London. And I applied for it and then got the job as um, head of video at IG. And that job was incredible. That was um they do contracts for difference. They do spread bedding. It's a it's a platform that um, they they had to have lots of um, explainer videos trying to explain these different um, products and these different um, financial systems. And so I used to go up to the just one of the guys who who really know knew about the products, and he he would um, I'd say how, how does how does uh, contracts for difference work. Like how, how does how do you how would you visualize that? He'd draw it out on a bit, bit, bit of paper, and I'd draw my version of it, and then we'd exchange um, sketches. I said, "Does does it? he goes? Oh no, it's, it doesn't work quite like that. But maybe just change that bit." And so I'd go away and draw something else, and come back and say, "What do you, what do you think?" So we'd have this discussion for like half an hour, and he goes, "Yeah, that's it. Now go away, like polish it, and come back and with a storyboard, and we'll." go from there so I spent a whole year doing all these different um, explainer videos trying to promote different um, models different uh, products that they have Um, and at that time at the same time I got married and Nicola was expecting and that's when we had this discussion about well what do we do what you know what's our future going to be like and so I was only there for a year doing some really really cool work I thought it was cool Um, and then we decided to come to, New- to come to Auckland. So um, I packed that up, and so I, I like to leave a team in a nice way. So I I worked really, really hard to to, to, to give them uh, a set of a, a workflow, a set of guidelines. Uh, this is this is what I've set up at this company, and then leave them with that, and then then go off to my own 
new adventure. And here I am in Auckland, and I, I got a job for um, for YNR, and I was there for for a couple of years. And then from my experience, it just summarises quickly. I, you know, YNR was great. It was a really, really good first job for me in New Zealand. Um, I loved the, the energy of advertising, but for my role there, I, I wanted to do more design. I'm a designer, and I can animate. Yeah. I can do motion. I can do filming, photography. I wasn't um, I wasn't doing enough design, and I wanted to find more a, a role that better suited my design skill set. Um, and so, although I loved the two years at YNR, I found the job at um, Dave Clark, and then I moved to Dave Clark. So, so your current role allows you um, um, input into the creative look and feel of the work. Oh, definitely. We, it, it, this this role suits me down to a ground where. You get a brief, you craft a script with a script writer, and then you design a storyboard to that. In the department, we design um, the storyboards for the animations, and so uh, that's what I was missing before, and I really wanted to get back into the, the, that craft and that storyboard, the look and feel of the whole, the yeah. whole piece. And um, now I can do that. It's, it's great. And now it's time for the Pro Video Picks. So um, what would be your Pro Video Pick, Mike? I don't have one. You don't have one? No, I listened to the previous podcast and lots of other people say, oh yeah, uh, this is this guy's a guy to follow or this website or that company. And I thought, I don't, I've never really had someone I really follow. I always looked at my friends' websites, um, seeing what they've been up to. But I think I find this is about inspiration, about where you go for inspiration. Is that right? So pro video pick can be anything. It could be um, a website. It could be meditation. It could be um, going on holiday. It literally, what you would recommend to everybody who's a professional. Okay. In which case, it's, and that's what a lot of people say, it's, it's about work-life balance. Yeah. Every day, 12 hours a day, like motion design, motion design. It doesn't work for me. Um, I need to g- go out and do something different. For me, it's the sea. I love sailing. I love the beach. Um, I'm not talking about sitting on the beach and sunning yourself. It's being at this beach in, like, seeing the water, being close to that. So for me, if um, I ever needed a place to think, it's down by the water. And for me, it's if I was to give a tip to someone else, and you're struggling with a project or st- struggling with an idea, take a break. Go and do something completely different. The way I see it. Um, as brain activity is, is you're, you're introducing new brain connections rather than trying to hammer home like you know when you, you, you with a project and you can't quite figure it out you're like you, yeah. you, it doesn't work if you just keep doing the same thing it's not working it's not working but I'm keep doing the same thing for me it's I need to do something different and then go oh you can have a, a different outlook on a problem different yeah. outlook on design and so for me it's doing something completely different and cool. it could be cycling mountain biking sailing mainly for me it's being by the sea that helps me try and relax my thoughts so i can approach project in a different way that's yeah that'll be that's awesome for a non-pick it's a great pick (laughs) (laughs) yeah so following there's the next one that we do this could be i had them the wrong way a sports team that you have or a website or somebody online or uh, a politician it could literally be anything it's like 
Is there something that you follow? This is what I don't have. Okay. I don't have a, a yeah. As I said, I, I I look at my friends' websites and see what they've been up to, but I don't really have any particular person or group or um, feed that I follow. I, I'm. Do you go back to a few occasionally though? Hmm. To have a look at work or. No, no, no. I, I try not to get tied up in the trends. Yeah, I think too many people follow trends, and you know, it's, it's, I think a lot of people are saying this as well uh, recently that they're getting down and depressed because they're looking through Instagram feeds and looking through other other websites, and they oh, we're not doing stuff like that. We're not doing amazing amazing redshift renders with um, balls coming down, and you know, <laughs> it, I don't like to follow or keep watching stuff that is going to make me feel crap you know I, yeah. I, I like to do something different and then i feel confident in my own abilities to to do my job and i, do, I don't want to knock that by looking at other people's work and going oh actually i'm not as good as i thought i was or we're not doing such a good job and a lot of people get tied up in that um looking through the social media stuff and going why am i not doing stuff like that and, and i don't, I don't want to get caught up in that it's a really good point because I feel this a lot myself that when I'm working, I'm like really focused on enjoying what I'm doing at that time. Yeah. And not every job is going to be um, on the reel or on the website or um, is going to be groundbreaking that you want to share with your mum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually that process, that creative process that every mm. day you feel yourself growing that yeah. you're passionate about it and you know that you you know that I you're think, delivering well I think what you're touching on is, is, is the, the, the thing that everyone should have in their job is an enjoyment and if yeah. you're at the, if you're at your desk or wherever you are you're you're crafting something you're enjoying that process and I think anything that's going to knock that was like, well, don't look at it yeah like I, I was watching because um, I was listening to your your podcast and I went on to the Node Fest to have a look at the video from the, the, the guys at Buck in Sydney and they were showing the the Walmart um, 3D animation 3D animation yeah. that's incredible I'd love to do stuff like that but then you know that that was a six months project with a with decent a, sized team with a decent sized <laughs> team and here, here I am on my own doing the storyboard for something with a budget probably about tenth the size of that I think what I don't want to look at stuff like that and thinking why am I not doing that for this project? Because it's like worlds apart. Yeah. So, um, I, and I have those thoughts and then I'm like going, well, I, I get to create something from scratch, mm. like literally nothing. Somebody has an idea that they <coughs> want to communicate. I t we take that and we mm. create something from nothing. Yeah. And we do it really effectively that other people understand it yeah. and enjoy. I think what, what we can share is a core is design. We're all designers and, and good design is good design and you can't argue with that. We, you can <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's what I try and take out of something is instead of the how large a project is how, how fancy it looks at the core there's a design there's communication does it do its job yeah and am I doing my job of communicating this bit of information and if I'm doing that job well the client will come back and say can you do some more and I think we're doing that um yeah, I try not to get too tied up in looking at trends and other inspiration out there that's going to make me feel uh, unconfident in what I'm doing. Cool. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I do look for inspiration, and it could be through 
loads of different avenues from Behance to Pinterest to, to just Googling something to, uh, to Vimeo to YouTube, whatever. But there's no single point of, um, it, there's no one source of information that I always go back to to have a look at something and go, oh, I'm going to measure myself against this or yeah. I'm going to grab that as a, you know, I used to be motionographer when I was at college. Yeah. I don't go on motionographer anymore because, you know, I, because I don't, there's too many other avenues out there for, for me to research. But if I've got, one thing I do do is, is I, if I do go out and research something, it's trying to find another way of visualizing something, which I can't quite figure out how to visualize in yeah. my head. I've, I'll quickly, even Shutterstock's a good way of, how do they, how would someone illustrate, um, I don't know, AI or something? And, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's a good, that's a good way of doing it. So it's, it's, there's different avenues for different um, methods of research. and Cool. It's just not just one thing. Wicked, man. Okay, so uh, inspirational video on that note. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking maybe not. <laughs> uh, one of the, my colleagues, who's from, who's from South Africa, he sent me this link, and I now don't know the name of it, um, of, of who the guy is, but um, he's from Ghana. And he's a really talented um, designer. And from what it, I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but it sounded like he, he's from a small town in Ghana, went to design school, and he's really, really creative. And he sent me his website, and I had a look at it, and it's some stunning work. There's always these little gems that pop up now and again. You think, wow, this guy's amazing. He's done, he, his, his work is very inspirational. Yeah. And I think if you keep opening your eyes to, people like that to work like that then you're going to be surprised and that will help you have that same um passion in your work cool where would uh people follow you online where would the best place be well most of my work because because most of my work is for anz and some of our other clients we're not allowed to publish those publicly so I would say go to Dave Clark website. Uh, it's not following me personally, um, but it's following our work. Cool. One way to see what we're doing as a team at Dave Clark. Awesome. And uh, who would you suggest that we get on the show? Who'd be your <laughs> pick? In New Zealand or anywhere wor- worldwide? I don't know if he'd do it, but I reckon Mike Alderson from Manverse Machine would be a good one. He's always Sweet. been. He's always been this guy that just walks into a place and doors open. He'd <laughs> be quite funny. Um, Stu, who's working with me and Jurg, they're incredible designers. Um, although they said, like, good luck trying to get them on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd, I'd recommend getting them on if you can. Money, Sweet. To, money to bribe them. It'd be the UN of shows, that one. <laughs> <laughs> the German and the South African. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Wicked. Well, everybody, if you want to um, get in touch, you can join the Pro Video Slack group as well, and Mike's in there, so you can have some chats in there as well. And, yeah, uh, we'll have links to that and the other things that we've been discussing today on the show in the show notes, so you can uh, find that with attached to this episode. Thank you so much, Mike, for coming in, man. Oh, you're welcome, Blair. It's been good. Everybody have a great week and we'll catch you next time. Okay, bye. Bye.